0: Welcome to the Revolutionary CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Letitia Lynch, Paris lover, devoted boy mom, Capricorn, and chronic overachiever. After launching my business in 2020, it grew faster than I anticipated and quickly turned into all the things I hated about toxic corporate overwork culture. Now I'm restructuring it to prioritize the lifestyle I desire and break free from overworking without compromising my income. Join me every Wednesday as I give you the inside scoop on how to balance business, work, motherhood, self-care, and mental health. As your marketing I'll also be sharing my experiences with contractors and clients, having a team, as well as personal and business branding, practical business and marketing advice, strategies, and tips. Let's get into it. Welcome back to a new episode of the podcast, y'all. So I don't know why I chose to do this. It's probably you know a new year, new me thing, but I decided to audit my business and I was literally horrified by all of the ways that... I realized I was leaving money on the table despite complaining about and being disappointed by my revenue and my business in 2023. There were so many ways I left money on the table, and I wanted to share this as a a story of caution for business owners who have been in business for a while, so you get comfortable. And I think I got so comfortable with how much revenue I was generating all the years before my coach told me not too long ago, like, you know what people always easily prepare for? We always prepare for the good times in our business. People are always planning for the good times, but you rarely plan for the bad times. And I was, it really got me because I don't think about the possibilities of bad in my business, because since the beginning of my business, when I really got started in 2020, it's been going well. And year over year, I made more money. And last year was the first year that I almost didn't cross six figures in my business and revenue. I barely, barely, barely made it. And it was it was honestly terrifying for me. So I wanted to share in this episode, five things that I had to take a look at and realize that these were ways I was definitely leaving money on the table. And I bet you it's affecting your business too. So the things that I looked at just for frame of reference as we go through this episode are my lead processes, my website, user experience, and the copy, my social media contents, tone, the topics, and the engagement, my Google analytics and Shopify analytics, and my offers feedback. So let's talk about the lead processes. Okay, so I don't know if y'all remember, but like 2021 was the year of selling the DMs. You don't even have to get on a sales call. And I ate that shit up. I was so excited about the possibility of making such good content that people didn't even need to get on a sales call. Because I don't know about the rest of you as service providers, but one of the things that you're taught as a service provider when we first start is to book consultations. And I found my calendar booked full of consultations for design clients when I was doing design work back in 2020 and 2019. And so many of these people would get on the phone wasting my time. It's actually how I came up with my marketing content strategy to do better attraction marketing for high ticket services and high ticket clients. It worked to bring in the right people, but I still was having to get on quite a few sales calls. And I was thinking, of course, it sold to me, man, what if I didn't have to get on these sales calls so naturally I went for the DM sales route and it went exceptionally well I haven't had to get on sales calls for almost two years can you believe that and it was two years of this is wonderful I'm still making X number of dollars I'm selling X types of products you know all my services were you know high ticket multi four figures And it was still selling without having to get on these calls. And it felt like a badge of honor until I thought about it. And I started looking at the fact that I had so many people visiting my sales page last year in 2023, but not as many people closing. And I also realized that my son was really affecting how I would function throughout my business day. So, you know, I found him like his summer, he didn't want to go to summer camp the entire summer. And it was such a waste of our money sending him that he stayed home, which meant I didn't really get on social media as much as I would have or get on live on social media like I normally would have. And I didn't feel like making all those doggone graphics anymore. And what ended up happening is I could see how it would have been so much easier if I had a backup to how I converted leads into customers that did not include social media and honestly didn't include me sending emails because I also wasn't motivated in the summertime to send very many of those either. And so I realized that I should be adding back the option to have consultation calls with me, which was a huge thing that I didn't want and didn't have valid reason other than it's great to sell through the DMs. You don't even need a sales call. And so I needed to then add back the option to have consultation calls with me so people can talk to me even on my application you still couldn't talk to me and people didn't care and I I was like why would I do that because I kind of want to talk to people but this brought up another issue that I realized probably affected why I wasn't wanting to get on these sales calls. I didn't have a traditional CRM, so I didn't have a HoneyBook or a Dubsado. I got rid of Dubsado at like the end of 2022. And so I had been using a system because I have a membership, which requires a lot of people. Dubsado didn't make sense for that volume of people. In my VIP days, it was just one-off people, you know, a couple of times a month. So I didn't feel the need to have Dubsado and pay all that money for that. Well think about it. One of the reasons why I was annoyed with the DMs is because I had to be so heavily involved throughout my day. And I felt like I was missing out on sales if I wasn't constantly posting to prompt people to DM me to have these conversations. But if I had just had a scheduler up there with an application form, I could review those applications, hop on a call and close those deals when people were ready versus me talking to them and getting them ready. And so that required me to get back on a traditional CRM. Now, I heard about all that drama with HoneyBook today on threads. I'm not really worried about threads, right? Uh, Not threads. I'm not really worried about that issue. I did end up going with HoneyBook, but I might be reconsidering. But the point is, I went back to a traditional CRM system. And then the last thing is when I reduced my one-on-one services down to just the one VIP day, I also got rid of like service guides, which is something that I used to have, which tells people the different options of working with me and the price points. As a service provider who has different packages and different services, you should have one It's very beneficial because people can kind of take that off, especially if you see that people are kind of interested in working with you, you can grab that, give that to them, and then they can reflect on whether or not they want to work with you and make that Investment before getting on your sales call I didn't have that anymore so I decided to make that so that was my lead processes they were trash now they're back up to where they need to be my honey book is set up my website has been um, at, at the forms are added to the website the workflows are ready to go I'm good there so the second area that I told you I had to look at was my website's user experience and the copy and I am more embarrassed about this area um, because of my my educational background. So you guys know I've been working in marketing since 2006. So I've been in the game for a very... I can't believe it's almost been 20 years. Um, but I've been a designer professionally since 2013. That's when I got my degree. I was already freelancing prior to that. But I started this business doing design. And guess what I was doing? Website. The fact that... Oh my God. So I, I, this is how I found the issue. I was looking at every month I see how many people visit my site because I look at Google Analytics and I was looking through Google Analytics. I'm like, you know, a lot of people actually visited my website this year and they were looking, I look at the top pages and one of the top pages besides my membership was my one-on-one service. But I was thinking about based on those numbers and how many people converted into paying clients, those numbers were really bad. And because those numbers were so bad, I was like, what is going on here? Let me start looking into it. And here's what I found. There were so many links on my site that just didn't work anymore because I no longer was doing that stuff. I also changed my domain name from AtelierLatisha.com to hermarketingcoach.com, which then meant that some of those things just didn't redirect because it didn't have a way to do so. And I was just like, how long has this been an issue where people were coming to my website and leaving? And you know what verified that that was the issue? Because when I looked at the people visiting, it tells you how long they stayed on your website. And it would be like, 10 seconds and it would be so many people who spent less than a minute on my website which meant it was trash when they got there i mean how embarrassing i also noticed that there were so many old pages of things that i used to do that i needed to archive um oh this is a designer's nightmare because i'm I'm very embarrassed to buy this but just the fonts that i was using were just really hard to see and really hard to distinguish different areas of like what I was talking about, it, y'all. In the copy on my... Okay, so I hired someone to do my email marketing in 2022 she also did copy so she did a lot of sales page copy lead magnet page copy and it was the longest copy but I loved it because that's what they taught you when you started a business in the online space they made you make these really long ass uh, sales pages and they were telling you it's taking them through a journey and that's why it's so long so I really believed in the fact that we had to have long sales pages and when I tell you nobody wants to read that, when I go to your sales page, if it's too long, I'm just not going to look through it. And my, my sales coach kept telling me, hey, your, your copy is way too wordy. And I was like, it's fine. It's not fine there really was no flow on any of the pages to even really help with sales. Like it took so long to get to the price, but I know when I'm looking for, if I go to your website, just look at the sales page for your offer, I'm already kind of convinced that I want it. And now I'm kind of taking some of those last steps to see how I book it. So that would be going to the website to get the price point, making sure everything that I thought was included is included. How can I book a call or how can I book it? Like all those things. And none of those things were available quickly on my webpage. And again, these are just embarrassing things that I didn't think about that really truly affected how much money I feel like I made in my business. And then lastly, a lot of you are experts in your field, right? The services that you offer, whether you're in operations, you're in marketing, you're in sales, you're a therapist, you're in mindset coach, you're, uh, you know, whatever it is that you do, you're an expert. And sometimes as experts, we talk to people as if they work in our industries with us. And these people really don't understand what we're talking about when we use some of the phrasing and the terminology that are internal to what it is that we do. And I... I know from personal experience, I feel like I use a lot of those terms because I want you to know that I know what I'm talking about. I know that you're hearing these terms and I want you to know that I not only use them as well, but I know what to do with the things that those terms are referring to. You know what I'm saying? And I think a lot of us are like that. We're intelligent and we want people to know I got you because I know all this stuff. They are so confused. And what's funny is that I teach my clients not to do that. I see it for other people, but sometimes when you're looking at your own stuff, when you're reflecting and looking back on your own work, you cannot see the errors that you are making. Even if the errors that you're making are in the industry that you sell services doing, It is often that we neglect the parts of our business that we do for others because we're so focused on others. It's often that we neglect our expertise. We don't even see the things that our expert eyes would see on others for ourselves. That's why, you know, surgeons don't operate on themselves. Like it's just, you can't do some of the stuff that you would normally do for clients for yourself. And it was shocking to me how much I was missing. Want to save time on content creation in your service business? Well, it starts by only spending time creating the content that gets you results. What if someone could look at your existing content everywhere you post from your blog or podcast all the way to your Instagram and YouTube to find the gaps in your content that's stopping you from booking out that retreat, filling up your mastermind, booking out that retainer service, or getting 300 new hot and ready leads to register for your masterclass. And then taking that data from those gaps and hand delivering your custom time-saving content strategy with content to match. Well, now you can get all of that with the content clarity scan. Learn more at contentclarityscan.com. So that was that. And so I just want you to know I updated a lot of that stuff in my upcoming newsletter, the high ticket scoop, which will be linked in the show notes. I am talking about this this Tuesday. um, So it would have already come out. All you have to do is get on the list and I'll make sure you get the previous edition of the newsletter. But I updated the fonts, I got rid of pages, I made the user experience better, I shortened the copy tremendously, and I plan to do a walkthrough of all of those things that I made updates and why, so that people can start to think about, man, I gotta do this for myself. Okay, so the third area (laughs) that I had to go and look through was my Google Analytics and Shopify Analytics. Now, when you hear analytics, don't roll your eyes or get the hives you should be looking at data points of all the work that you're doing when it comes to marketing and sales and so whether or not you enjoy it you still need to look at it i actually pride myself in checking the data but I am embarrassed by how much I don't leverage the data and what it's telling me to improve what I'm doing in my business. So here are some of the things that I looked at. Again, I kind of said this earlier. So many people were coming to my website and viewing my services, but not buying them. That's an issue. That means your copy, it sucks on that page. Something's wrong with that page. Like It's too slow. It's not loading it's hard to read. You gotta look for what could be causing that many people to come and not convert. A lot of the times it's copy or a lot of the times it's the content that you created to send people to that page. Sometimes the wrong people are coming because your content isn't aligned with attracting the people who you actually want to work with and who will actually be willing to pay you. People were staying for less than a minute, which I did share with you. It's very embarrassing. That has a lot to do with user experience. That means things are jumbled up. It's hard to read. Your pages are just way too long. They're overwhelmed with the words there. It's not very clear what you do quick enough. What they see when they first look is called above the fold. I'm not going to bore you with, you know, my terminology, but basically you want whatever they see right when they get to the website, which is before they have to start physically scrolling to be enough for them to make a decision like this is worth me even looking any further into. And if it's not, they will leave right away. Um, so I'm, again, this is, this was bad for me. And then the marketing channels that sent them to my website, I think a lot of you are spending so much time on certain marketing platforms. You love your Instagram, you love your LinkedIn, you love your TikTok, you love your YouTube, you love your blog, you love your, whatever you're doing. Do you look to see if all that hard work is paying off for you? Are the people that you're talking to on all these platforms actually going to your website? Are they purchasing from you? Because if they're not, you are either A, on the wrong platform or B, using that platform incorrectly because your people are definitely there. Either way, there's an issue that needs to be solved because you are leaving money on the table. Now for me... I primarily use the marketing channels that I saw bringing me the most leads. There was one that kind of surprised me that brought me some paid clients right away. They were brand new. I've realized I am spending my time in the right places. However, I am not doing what I need to do when I'm there. (laughs) I am not doing enough of what's going well when I am there. So that was something that I needed to work on. The fourth area um, is my social media content. So let's talk about the social media content. One of my, this is the other embarrassing area. One of the things I help people with is content marketing. And one of the places that they have to do a lot of content marketing is social media. I have also been, I started this company managing social media for other people. And in corporate, and I told you I've been doing corporate marketing, I started that in 2006. When social media became a thing, I was immediately on there managing that for corporations. So to say I'm embarrassed by some of my findings is an understatement, but I am going to admit it to you today because you got to hear this. So my goal in my business is to empower, This is these are the tones that I want. This is the sentiment that I want people to have. It's to empower, it's to motivate, it's to activate people to take action. But I felt like as I looked at some of the things that are highlighted or that I spent the most recent time talking about, I was painting a lot of picture of what is wrong, which is unaware content versus spending more time in the problem aware content stage where people know what their problem is and they're actively seeking for solutions or the solution aware stage as well i wasn't really hanging out there either very often and that's where people are actively looking at a solution like what you offer and they're considering their options that's where the money resides and i wasn't really hanging out there and that's why the money wasn't coming like it needed to in 2023 I, again, I talked about this earlier. My language is just complicated when it talks when it comes to talking about marketing. And Threads has been a really great place for market research. If you're not on there, I would highly recommend it. And here's what I found: there was this post by this girl, and it was just like the way that people talk about marketing is just too hard to understand. We don't understand funnels and lead generation, and she used all these terms that I thought everybody understood, especially if you had a business and you've been in business for a while. I assume. You understand what this stuff meant but my sales coach not too long ago was like when you say marketing what do you mean and i was like what that doesn't even make sense people should know what marketing means and i just i think a lot of us are forgetting that we work in industries that we have gotten degrees in we have spent decades learning this stuff we do continuing education because it's our field so we have to continuously learn and get updates And for most people, the average person, the things that we do, the reason that they have to pay us is because they don't do it. They don't know. They don't understand. And we are not speaking to people as if this is something that they don't do professionally. And it hurts our content's um, engagement. Sometimes people will even watch it and love it because it sounds intelligent, but they don't take action because they don't know what to do, right? Right. My language is complicated sometimes and it doesn't need to be. Even when it came to my website copy, I it was really hard for me to simplify what I was saying and I did it, but it was really hard. I thought about it for days. It took me the entire weekend and then some. I also just wasn't having fun with my content like I used to. I used to have fun. I, I like to show my son the voiceovers that I do with my reels for my business on Instagram. We play this game where I'll ask him, is this voice mommy's voice? or not and he'll be like okay and then I'll play the thing where I'm clearly voiceovering to perfection and he'll be like that's not your voice anyway I was looking through all of my old reels and I used to have so much fun with marketing I'm smiling right now in a really obnoxious way because I remember just how much fun I used to have and I feel like we stopped making content fun when we got stressed about revenue when all of the visibility that we felt like we used to get didn't come as easily we started panicking and i'm not going to pretend like i didn't get into a state of panic i did and it shows you know, I, the last thing is I looked at who was engaging versus who I need to engage. And what I find is most of my sales come from people who have worked with me in the past because they know whatever next level offer that I have is going to be not only different from what I've done before, because you know, sometimes you buy stuff from people like, this is just like that other thing you gave me. All of my stuff is different, it's the next level of what they need that's how i plan out what i'm going to offer but more importantly i realized that i need to attract new people and my coach kind of said this to me as well and i was like man i i really am not doing a good job of attracting other people our new people I'm kind of talking to people as if they all know me and so many new people are following me and kind of feeling lost because they don't know who I am and they don't have that same level of trust built with me and so I think we forget to look at our analytics for the social media work that we're doing <laughs> to see where we need to improve our approach so that we can get more of the results that we need and Again, one of the places that I just didn't look and I should have been looking was one of my platforms that makes the most money for me is Instagram. And yet I wasn't doing a good enough job of attracting more people. It's like higher visibility, but also just new people. Final category that I told you I looked at, number five, is just my offers feedback. I I created some new services At the beginning of last year, and they sold exceptionally well. Like not the beginning, like right in the summertime. And I got so many clients right away, and I was so excited. But then I was booked, and then I was busy, and I didn't market or sell anymore. Lost that momentum, and then kind of moved on. And I was looking at the feedback mostly because I needed to put it on my website with the website updates and the sales pages that didn't exist because I never made a sales page for any of them. I realized. I had such amazing feedback from clients and then didn't talk about those offers anymore and then randomly tried to talk about them. But there was no information that they could find and I didn't even warm them up to the fact that these offers exist. And then when they didn't buy them or ask me about them, I stopped talking about them because I'm like, well, that was a waste of my time. You just kind of learn so much about your target audience's needs when you go back and reflect on feedback. Because so much of the feedback told me that I, first of all, created some really special offers that made sense for the people I'm trying to work with. It reflects who I want to serve and where they are now. But it also shows me that I didn't do a good enough job of really taking those offers seriously. Because back in the day when I made a coaching program or a VIP day, it had a name. I got booked out CEO, I got revolutionary brand. I got all of these great you know, product and service names. And then I was like, mm, strategy session. <laughs> 101. uh i just stopped taking pride in the brand and something that i taught really early on in business is how to have a high ticket brand again i just i felt the need to share my findings with you guys because i know that you're A lot of you are at the stage that I am in right now. You have been in business for a little while. You have gotten comfortable. You probably typically always do well. And if 2023 didn't go well for you, you were shocked. You were dumbfounded. You were gobsmacked because you were like, what happened? Nothing about My approach has changed. This shit was tried and true. And what happened? What happened is that you don't realize you've changed so much. The people you serve changed a whole bunch. And how people are buying right now and how careful they are with their investments has changed so much. And all of those things pointed to you having to make these updates and you didn't. I didn't. And so I did. I tortured myself. I sat for literal hours updating my website. And I know so many of you were like, girl, I don't have the website design background. I am so sorry if you don't. But I hope you can invest in someone to at least look at what you're doing one of the reasons why i added my new audit which is called the content clarity scan is because i i wish someone had looked for me I had to look and I know I'm still probably missing things because it's me doing the audit on myself and I don't think I'm always as objective as I need to be, but I did realize like I'm missing so much stuff and I can only imagine what so many others are missing or not seeing clearly in attributing it to where their business is right now and where they would like it to be and how they can get there because they don't have the lens of strategy, of content strategy, of marketing strategy. And I am so fortunate, but disappointed. I'm fortunate that I have this lens and my professional and educational background has really served me well in business, but I am embarrassed at how lazy I got in business and how much I let my ego get in the way of me doing the work that is necessary to maintain and sustain that in those times where stuff is harder than usual or it's your worst year. I was not prepared for that. And so that's my story. I'll see you in the next episode. If you enjoyed this episode as much as I did, subscribe to the Revolutionary CEO podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform and leave a review to let me know the moments you enjoyed the most. For insights, tips, and conversations, connect with me on Instagram, YouTube, or TikTok. I'm always at her coach. Together, let's continue empowering ambitious and driven women in business. Talk to you next week.